You are now tuned in to the Hot Dog Stand Chronicles. Extraordinary people with extraordinary stories. Sitting down with a hot dog extraordinaire himself, Mike Rudd. Now, on to the Chronicle. Let's go on an amazing journey around the United States of America with a couple from Kansas City who are visiting in one year what Ken Burns has called America's Best Idea. Hey everybody, I'm your host, Marketing Fun with Mike, a.k.a. Mike Rudd, and these are the Hot Dog Stand Chronicles, which are real interviews with real hot dog extraordinaires. They have one goal, to tell their story, and to hopefully inspire you and give you ideas to set out with finding your own hot dog stand, a.k.a. passion or calling, in your career and your life. And then from there, I hope that you launch your own project that you believe in. If you like this podcast and want to join my fun community, make sure you head over to my website, marketingfunwithmike.com. Sign up for my newsletter. You'll get a free PDF of my ebook that will give you 10 action steps to start the process of finding that passion project and building it. And what else can I do for you? Well, I'm going to help you live the life you want and deserve, everybody. I want to give you the resources to do this and help you or your company launch a movement for their business. So I have a special treat for you today. Don and Shelly Hafner are partway through a great journey around the United States of America. They are visiting all 59 national parks in 59 weeks. For those of you who don't know this, I'm an avid hiker, love being in the outdoors, camping, and I honestly cannot think of a better way to spend 59 weeks than doing what they're doing. So Don, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? And more important, currently, where are you? Hi, Mike. I'm doing well. Uh, thanks so much for uh, having us on your podcast. We have really been looking forward to this. And uh, right now we are in Moab, Utah with designs on Arches National Park and Canyonlands National Park over the next week or so. Wonderful. Beautiful areas. Uh, let's start off with your story. How did the decision to visit all 59 national parks in 59 weeks, about just about one year, come about? Well, <laughs> I, I wish I wish it had a more profound uh, beginning than it really did, but it doesn't. You know, uh, my wife and I are very passionate about the national parks and the outdoors, and she especially has a pe passion for uh, photography. So those really are the, the driving forces behind it. But a year ago last May, we saw a television commercial. And it was this guy, and he had his son, and he had his father, and they were on a quest to see all the national parks. And they were driving around an Airstream. And we kind of looked at each other and said, man, we'd like to do that. <laughs> uh, and, <laughs> and then a few months later, we visited South Dakota, which is a place that we used to live in. And uh, that... Uh, you know, rekindled really the love that we had for the outdoors in those areas. And one thing led to another, and, and we thought, you know, if we can take a year off work, we can go see all of them. Uh, and that that really is how it all happened. And so when we made the decision uh, and began to open social media sites and a website, I, I knew that it was something that we were going to do. That's great. That's great. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's how it happened. 
You know, uh, a lot of people have thoughts like that every single day, I think, uh, whether it be national parks or all sorts of different stuff. And the, the one thing I always tell people, don't let them sit on the sidelines. Just, you know, not everything's going to work out perfectly, but just go out and do it. No, I, I agree. And it's, you know, Mike, I can't say that there weren't bumps along the road. And we seriously considered not doing it a couple of times, but... Uh, we pressed on, and, and I knew that when we left on March 24th that we were going to stay at the course and do it. And, and we have just been having a fantastic time and have met some really great people, such as yourself, uh, along the way. Well, so I, it's been fantastic. It's great. exceeded our expectations. That is great. And that's, I think that's what it's all about. It's not just the nature of it, but the people you get to meet along the way. How many have you guys done now so far? As of uh, today? As of today, uh, Arches National Park is number 42. Uh, we plan on being back home for the holidays, get back about November 15th, and we'll finish this fall swing with 48 national parks. That's great. Uh, okay, so, you know, that is a serious undertaking, especially in the time frame that you guys are doing it. What's one thing you learned about uh, our country or the national park system planning this journey out that maybe you didn't know or that you found very interesting, I guess? Uh, well, we've, we've learned so much. And, and one of the most interesting things that I really wasn't prepared for um, is how passionate people are uh, about their local park and also their local area. I, I, I found really pretty funny the, uh, the debates that the East Coast people have with the West Coast people. Our parks are better. No, no, our parks are better. <laughs> that goes on constantly. It's like they're supporting their, their home team or something. So uh, that's been really interesting. Uh, but the other thing that, that I found, uh, because we talked to so many people here on the road, is when we were in Florida, for example, we spent 16 days in Florida, and when we got north of the Everglades and went to some of the historic sites, we talked to a lot of people who had not been to the Everglades or been to Biscayne Bay, and we found that throughout the country. There are people right here in Moab who have never been to Arches National Park. So those have been a couple of surprising things to us. That is surprising. You know, it's, it's interesting because it happened to my wife and I, we are in Columbus, Ohio, and we had never been to Cuyahoga Valley National Park until Labor Day weekend. And it was just kind of one of those, well, why the heck haven't we gone up there yet? Right, exactly. <laughs> we finally did. Now, what um, for the people listening out there, what are, what are a couple of things that you would you know encourage people so far going through this journey about launching an idea or doing something a project that somebody believes in, but they haven't done it yet. You know, what advice would you have for somebody who's thinking about doing something a little out of the box? You know, Mike, so many people who uh, do these kinds of treks do so uh, with a cause in mind. And I have no objection to that at all. I think that's a great thing to do. Uh, our cause, uh, we had a couple, uh, but one was uh, we're doing this to encourage people to formulate, figure out what their dream is, 
and then find a way to do it, no matter how daunting it may seem at the time that you do. And one of the things we've done in support of that is we work with a, a couple of uh, elementary schools in the Kansas City area, one called uh, Tiffany Ridge and the other called Lillian Schumacher. And interestingly enough, those, those kids have a curriculum called the Genius Project. And I would encourage you and your listeners to Google that. It's, it's really a cool curriculum. And that's exactly what the Genius Project encourages these kids to do, is to figure out what you want to be, what you want to do, and go through the steps and develop the characteristics that you need to accomplish those things. And that's, that's precisely the reason that we uh, continue to put in these 16-hour days and long drives and, and spend our own funds to do this. Uh, for that reason. And uh, it's, you know, the reaction that we received uh, has just been tremendous. It's been so gratifying to uh, uh, talk to people who I, ha I have, we've talked to so many people, I have a dream to do this, and we talked to them about, well, why don't you just do it? Because if we can do this, this is hard. If we can do this, <laughs> we, we think other people can too. I I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And that's great. That's, that is what it's about, I think, starting with the kids, because if you can get the kids believing that they can believe in those dreams again and do anything that they want to do, then it can start to spread. So how has it been adapting to life on the road? And uh, what have you guys learned so far about living out your dreams and uh, your new reality? Um, life on the road wasn't the, uh, you know, didn't have to adapt a, a great deal in order to do this. I, in business life, I've traveled a lot, been to a lot of cities and to a lot of states. And, uh, you know, Shelly and I have, gosh, we, we've traveled the world together and much of the United States uh, prior to this. So we had an idea how to do it. But, you know, the most challenging thing for us has been uh, when we sat down and, and worked out the logistics, the the best way for us to travel has been via tra travel trailer. And we had never owned one before. Uh, I had never uh, pulled anything but a small boat behind a truck in, in my life. And uh, that has been a real challenge. In fact, this morning, uh, I, I've been writing about one of the many episodes that we've had <laughs> traveling in an RV, but we've gotten better at it and we really enjoy it. It's like it's like having a home. It really is because we cook our own meals. We come home to the same place every night and we have our stuff with us. But the, uh, the travel, uh, the literal travel of driving and flying and getting on boats, all of which we've done, is no doubt the, the most challenging thing. Now, have, did you guys, uh, you know, some, just thinking about some questions that the listeners might be interested in, did you guys, as you took a year off work, was this something that you guys still have a home in Kansas City, or was this something that to, to go do this, you had to, you know, your home now is the road and you'll have a home when you get back? No, we, we still have a home, which we uh, rented uh, for a year. And we can go back on uh, May 1st, which is our tentative plan right now. But it, we're not 100% certain what we're going to do when we're finished with this. Okay. What was the uh, so far the hardest part to get to? You know, for I think when some people think of the 
national parks. They know that there's a lot in Colorado, Utah, California, but I don't think that they know some of the far, always know some of the far reaching ones in Alaska and that there's one actually in American Samoa. So far with your guys' travels, what have you found, at least planning wise or going to the hardest ones to get to? Well, Alaska was no doubt the most daunting logistical challenge uh, that we had. We went and the cruise ship, airplane, rental car, several bush planes. (laughs) (laughs) And and there are some that the bush plane is the only way that you can get there. So, and not and the size of Alaska and not, not being at all familiar with it was really a challenge. And in fact, on the last two national parks in Alaska, which are north of the Arctic Circle, one called Colbert Valley and one called Gates of the Arctic, on our way there, our plane had problems and we had to go back to Anchorage. So we're still unfinished up there. I had read that. So the plan is when you guys are done visiting all the ones down here is to go back up to Gates of the Arctic and Kobik Valley, correct? Yes, we're going to do that in June and, and spend an entire week up there. And so I think Gates of the Arctic will be park number 59. Okay. Now, and for some of the listeners who might not know, these parks up there, they don't have visitor centers. They don't have paved roads or signs, correct? Right. No services, no roads. They're... Uh, Gates of the Arctic, I think you can hike into it from a place called Coldfoot, Alaska. And it's an eight-mile hike with uh, grizzly bears. So we're, we're not going to uh, take advantage of that. Uh, we're, going to, we're going to take a bush plane in. And then get, dropped, get dropped off in there and do a little hiking or a, a photo or other plans. Um. Uh, we're thinking about spending one night in Gates of the Arctic. Okay. Uh, most most of our most of our photography there is going to be from the airplane. Okay. Uh, we'll be touching down in each of them and probably spend one night. Have you made the trip to the Samoan Islands yet? Uh, no, the Samoan Islands are are coming up. Uh, we have. Uh, Two big, two big kind of final swings coming up in January, and then again in March. And uh, you know, we don't always disclose where we're going next, but American Samoa will be one of those two. Okay. Uh, along with some time in Hawaii, okay. in California. We still have three parks in California we have to go to. Okay. Yes, I for, I forgot you are trying to, and I I love the idea of letting to intrigue readers to come back more, not knowing where you're going to go next. One thing about the American Samoa folks is it's about a five to six hour plane ride from Honolulu, Hawaii, just to give you an idea of where it's located. And And south of the equator. Yes. Well, it should be an incredible trip. So, you know, leading up to building out a plan like this, what would you guys say was the most difficult part about it, about actually taking that dream and saying, you know, this... Let's make this our reality. Um, we, we get lots of questions on Twitter and via email about our routing, and we get lots of suggestions about it, and we've also got a bit of criticism. But uh, that place, that wasn't as much of a challenge uh, because we had 
we had one guiding principle for our routing. And, you know, we didn't go to Death Valley this August and we, we aren't going to Alaska in January. The most challenging thing, really, uh, we had been to 16 of the 59 national parks prior to this. The most challenging thing was we didn't want to pop into a park, stamp our book and leave. Uh, but we couldn't, you know, we have a budget and we we can't stay for pl at places for as long as we'd like. So the most challenging thing was staying the right amount of time. Uh, there are some parks that you can see in a day, the cave parks, for example. One day is enough for me at those. But there have been a couple of parks where we wish we had scheduled a bit more time than we had. Was it daunting to pack up that first day and leave knowing that you were going to be on the road for a whole year? Uh, <laughs> it was. And I know that, you know, your listeners might be interested in this. We, we left a uh, 3,400 square foot home and we're now living in uh, a nine by 24 camper. So which there's a penalty in gas mileage for everything that you put on it. Right. So uh, packing the, the right amount and the right things for this trip, uh, it, it took probably as much planning as routing out how we were going to do this and being careful and getting the right things on here. And I think we did a pretty good job with that. If, if you had the opportunity to do it all over again, I would assume you would say I'd jump right in and I advise you to do the same in anything in your life. Of course, absolutely. I would definitely say that. Well, Don, it's been great having you on the show. We're going to do the lightning round questions here in just a minute. But before that, do you have any final words of wisdom, inspiration for someone who's, you know, marketing fun with Mike, it's all about living a life you want and deserve. What does that, uh, from your standpoint, mean to somebody who's thinking about it? Uh, from my standpoint, I think that it's, um, you know, there's a risk, but there's also a reward. And uh, Shelly and I throughout our life have taken, we've taken a number of risks with job changes and moves and, and other things and going back to college at a little older age and things like that. And we can't think of one thing that we would do over. That, man, I wish I could do that over. And, you know, I'm from Missouri, and there's a famous Missourian uh, named Mark Twain. And uh, he talks about the regrets you have are uh, the thing, frequently the things that you decide not to go forward with. And so that, that's been the guiding principle, another guiding principle of this trip. That's great. That's one of my favorite quotes uh, by one of my favorite authors. So that's a Great advice, Don. Thank you. Are you ready to do some marketing fun with Mike? Lightning round questions? Fire away. All right. If you could have one word staring at you in the bathroom mirror to motivate you in the morning, what would it be? Gratitude. Wonderful. Wonderful. Truly, uh, I feel grateful every single day, and I think that's what is one of driving forces in my life as well. Now, are you more excited to be visiting all these parks in one year and in 59 weeks with your wife and doing this, or are you more excited seeing your beloved Kansas City Royals making that playoff run than they're making right now? 
<laughs> you know, we we watch we have TVs in our camper, but we don't watch them. But uh, Shelly and I have been riveted and planned our days around these baseball games. It, it has been so much fun. And the uh, the banter uh, on Twitter uh, between fans of the Cardinals and some of the other teams has been awesome. So, you know, I'm a lifelong Royals fan, and, and I'm, I'm so grateful that the 29-year drought is over. And, uh, you know, if I have to make up a little time in the national parks to watch these games, I'll do it. <laughs> I, you know, it was one thing to end that drought, and then for them to start doing what they're doing after that drought's over is just incredible. So I wish you guys luck in the World Series. What park has surprised you the most in its beauty so far that maybe you didn't quite expect? You know, the park that surprised us the most was the one in South Carolina called Congaree. There, there, and it really is just a swamp. But there are lots of blogs out there that rank the national parks, and Congaree is frequently listed as number 59, but we didn't see it that day. The day that we were there, uh, the, the lighting was such and the temperature was such that uh, we had a great time hiking it. And, and we, we think we, we got some of the best photographs of our trip there. So, um, you know, one message is don't sell these parks short and don't necessarily listen to the experts when making your plans because we really enjoyed that place. That's, that's great advice both for the parks and really anything you do, I think, in life. Uh, you don't have to always know the experts and don't sell anything short until you go experience it for yourself. Yes. What park did have you guys – I'm always infatuated and so inspired by the stories behind the parks. We just went to Yosemite, John Muir and Teddy Roosevelt's stories out there. What park have you guys felt has the coolest – story behind it, the people who helped make it or the way it was built, whatever it may be. Well, don't forget Lincoln had a hand in Yosemite too. Yes. Yes. So, so there, there are some pretty important uh, players in the creation of that part. I think that uh, we have a, a lot of love in the story for uh, Theodore Roosevelt in North Dakota. Um, and you know, Theodore Roosevelt is, is near and dear to our hearts because of his uh, conservationist principles, but he also owned a ranch there. And uh, the story of how he wanted to preserve that area, and it's such a beautiful place, and, and the insight that he had to understand how important it was that that should be preserved, uh, we think that's really a great story. And so many of the things that, that he did there, including... Uh, arresting some guys who rustled some of his cattle and uh, the the memorabilia that they have there. They have, in their museum, they have one of the shirts that he wore during an assassination attempt. Wow. Where, where he was shot, and you could see the bullet hole and still some faint blood stain on the shirt. So uh, we think that the creation of that park is really a good story. That's great. Ted, you know, I've, as the more I've gotten in these parks, the more deep-bound respect I've had for uh, President Roosevelt. Yes. What goes on a Don and Shelley Hafner cooked over a contained flame, I might say, in a National Park-style hot dog? 
Well, you know, we, we just had that the other day. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it had um, pepper jack cheese, canned chili, camp style, uh, with with mustard if so desired and it, it was uh, it, it was really good and makes for a great meal after a long day out in the parks and, and hiking and when you're ready to go to bed because it's quick and easy I like it Don thanks again for coming on to the show how can people best keep in touch with you to see your journey so far and all that's going to be coming in the next uh, couple of months well we uh, we have a blog, which which I'm working on as we speak, and we have guest bloggers who come on there, and it's it's really easy. It's 59nationalparks.com, and on Twitter and Instagram, we're at 59nationalparks, so we're, we're easy to connect with, and we, we post, uh, we feel pretty good about our Instagram account. Uh, we, we post a photo a day there from the national parks and, and describe what we have seen. Uh, and, and that's a good place to start and connect. And, and Twitter, Twitter's different. It's much more casual. I do a lot of banter and uh, post things there. So if they're interested, look at those places, and, and they can find out a lot about us and what we're doing. Great. Well, keep it up. I'm excited to see the rest of the journey and the parks you're visiting. And uh, keep encouraging everyone to launch their own dream and genius projects. Thanks for having us. It was fantastic. Well, everybody, until the next edition of the Hot Dog Stand Chronicles, thank you so much for listening and being part of our crew here. Check out 59nationalparks.com today. This is the hot dog extraordinaire Mike Rudd and Don Hafner signing off. Carpe diem, everybody. You were just listening to the Hot Dog Stand Chronicles. Until next time, the hot dog extraordinaire has signed off. Thanks for tuning in.